the uh, two other fellows who came down uh, from the uh, Lee's Chapel Number One Baptist Church uh, in Mill Creek, Mississippi. Two fellows came down. No, no, they came down from Unity Baptist Church. That's right. They came down from Unity Baptist Church and spent the uh, about two days on the boat with us, and we got the uh, painting done. It was great. Uh, and then uh, two uh, two other fellows came down uh, from Lee's Chapel uh, Baptist Church, Lee's Chapel uh, Number One in uh, uh, in uh, Mill Creek, Mississippi. And those two fellows helped us finish up on the second day, and we got all that done. Uh, and then I went up and preached for them uh, on a Sunday night and had a just a wonderful time uh, at that church. Never been there. It's located just about an hour from the boat. One thing I can tell you about Mill Creek, uh, Mississippi, you will not get there by accident. You, you have to go there on purpose. We went down this, uh, uh, really it looked to me like it was a one-lane road, uh, but it was supposed to be a two-lane road, and we drove about 40 minutes down that road and uh, turned to the right and then to the left and uh, then went down this gravel drive, and th there it was. Uh, and uh, so out literally in the middle of nowhere, uh, GPS didn't work, phone didn't work, nothing worked out there, nothing. And so we followed a family back to Gulfport who had happened to uh, be members of the church and lived uh, in Gulfport. Of course, that's where the ship is, and so we followed them back. We had a great time. And then we had a wonderful time with my family. We drove from Mississippi over to Georgia and spent some time with them and had uh, 23 for a family gathering uh, and just really had a wonderful time. It was a great trip, but I'll tell you this, it sure was good to see the steeple of NMBC when we topped the hill coming this way. We were mighty glad to get home and we're glad to be back and see everybody today. And we hope y'all had a couple of good weeks. Uh, and uh, I, I got a feeling our weather was better than yours. Uh, uh, the whole time we were in Gulfport, it was sunny uh, and in the mid uh, to upper 50s. Uh, and, uh, and just we had a, it was perfect weather for painting. Uh, but it was also perfect weather for having fun, too, so we had a great time. Okay, just a couple of things real quick. By the way, if you're reading through the Bible with us, you should be in the book of Numbers right now, and you should be right around chapter number 13. Right around chapter number 13 in the book of Numbers. And Numbers chapter 13 and verse number 30, this is when they sent the spies in to spy out the land. And they came back uh, and uh, they were so afraid because of the, uh, the uh, giants that were in the land. And in verse number 20, Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. I'll tell you, Caleb had uh, he had faith in the Lord, and he believed it was possible. Of course, you know uh, they didn't go in, and they wandered in the wilderness for forty years, and uh, and they should have listened to Caleb. And then when they got back. Uh, and I'm a little ahead of you, I'm sure. But then when they got back, uh, Caleb, he wanted the mountain that, uh, uh, that he had seen before when he had visited in the land. And so Moses gave him that mountain. So uh, Leviticus is a great book. I mean, Numbers is a great book. I hope you're enjoying it. Uh, Leviticus and Deuteronomy get a little slow.
slow reading, but just keep on trucking. Uh, three chapters every day uh, and five on Sunday, and you'll get through it. Uh, so I want to do that. Well, there is going to be a building fund offering after the choir comes down and before I preach, and I want to encourage you to give as the Lord would direct for that. Uh, we are in need of a number of things at Nottingham Missionary Baptist Church uh, as far as the building is concerned. Uh, as a matter of fact, all you got to do is visit one time, just visit one time on a Tuesday night and you will know that we desperately need another building over where the fellowship hall is. Uh, we've got, we have literally kids coming out of the woodwork, teenagers and young people and kids, uh, and it's just, it's total chaos, uh, but it's great. And we praise the Lord to minister to all these, uh, but along the way there, there's some other things that need to uh, be done before we get that far. And so we are encouraging you to give and give generously uh, in the building fund offering so that we can see the Lord work in a mighty way. Then the uh, Paris Foundation needs a little help for tomorrow. So Becky Beamer is sitting back there on the next to the last row. She's not, she thinks she's on the back row, but she's not. There's one more row behind her. Uh, she'll probably try to get on that one the next time. But she's back there uh, and uh, you can see her because they do need some help there. And then next Sunday is the Owls Luncheon. Uh, uh, it's our Valentine uh, Day luncheon for the Owls, and we want everybody that wants to be there to come. So it's absolutely, of course, no charge never is. Uh, we want you to go out and sign the, uh, uh, the, uh, the book out there or the list uh, so we'll know how many to prepare for. That's important. So if you haven't yet signed up, please sign up for the Owls get-together down there. Uh, and then you want to save the date for the directory photos, uh, and it's in the bulletin. I'm not going to tell you because you couldn't remember it. So grab the announcement bulletin, and I know you're not all getting a bulletin. I know you're not, because we're not printing near as many bulletins as there are people in here, okay? I mean, we're not even printing half as many bulletins as we have people in here today. And yet, I got bulletins left over every single week. So somebody's not getting your bulletin, so I want you to be sure and pick your bulletin up uh, on your way out tonight, uh, and God bless you for that, so you can keep up with everything that's going on around here. Amen? We're going to ask our ushers to come forward this morning for our regular Sunday morning tithes and offerings. You give in this offering as the Lord directs. The building fund offering will be after the choir comes down and just before I preach, but you give uh, this morning as the Lord directs. And don't forget, at the close of the service today, we'll have communion we're looking forward to that. It's always important uh, to uh, share in the sacrifice that the Lord has made for us. And I'm going to ask TJ, if he would, to ask God's blessing on the offering this morning. Yes, yes, dear Lord. Spring. 
Just what he's done Start counting my blessings One by one I sure don't deserve All that he's done for me But I'll praise him forever Through eternity And I am amazed To give me such blessings That fill up my life God is so good I cannot express died on the cross just to show me his love he's building me a home in heaven above and i am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life god is so good i cannot express how thankful i am i am so blessed stumble as I journey this way but his mercies are new every day his grace is sufficient for every trial he amazes me more and more every mile he gave me his word in this blessed old book it speaks to my heart every time I look he loves me and he helps me when I'm tempted to sin. Through Christ my Lord, over Satan I win. I am amazed that he'd take the time to give me such blessings that fill up my life. God is so good, I cannot express how thankful I am. 
prayed for the day that God would give him a son. Blessed us, it was his name, the greatest gift he'd ever known. Then came the day who would have dreamed that God would say, give it back to me. And on this mountain you must choose, you and Isaac, or me and you. And when I lay my sick down with a broken heart, my father's proud. Him, God wanted me. Now, most of us, I dare to say, we've got an Isaac standing in God's way, but it's on this altar you too can prove that it's not your Isaac that. Down, oh, with a broken 
it wasn't him God wanted me in him God wanted me
to the place where dreams were shattered and you felt you lost the race where the only thing that's left is sorrow and pain you wondered if you mattered or did anyone see you
of God that runs after us. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. God pursues us. That means he's chasing you down. He's tracking you down. And isn't it a shame that we keep running away? Would to God that we would just stop And let him pour his blessings out on our lives. 
instead of running away from him, choosing our own stuff, and just stop. Let him break all the chains that keep binding us up, the things that somehow we think we can handle, that we somehow, if I just give it one more shot, I could get it right this time. But if we just stop and let that mercy that's chasing us down catch up with us, he'd start breaking all kinds of chains, tearing down. He has the power to pull down the strongholds in your life. Would you let him be your chain breaker today? If you need him, I pray that you would. Been walking the same old road for miles and miles. You've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside, there's a better life. There's a better life. If you've got Save 
From the same old fight We've all run to things We know that just ain't right And there's a better life There's a better life If you've got pain He's a pain taker If you feel lost He's a way maker house of the Lord and we're going to ask our ushers to come forward and uh, Michael 
not up here, but I'll do this. Uh, this is for the, uh, this is the offering for the building fund. I already mentioned that earlier, so you give as the Lord directs. I know, I know, I know. He'll bless you for it. Man. Willie, why don't you ask God's blessing on the offering? Amen. Shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing sent from the Savior above. blessing we need mercy drops round us are falling but for the showers we plead last verse there shall be showers of blessing oh that today they might fall now as to God we're confessing now as on Jesus we blessing we need mercy drops round us are falling but for the showers we please be seated everybody except for Olivia and that brand new baby and yeah you can stand too absolutely good <laughs> All right, a brand new uh, baby with us today, uh, and this is Ezra Jennings. Give them a nice big round of applause. I like to see, I like to see them coming to church uh, before they'll ever even be able to remember it. Amen? That's the way to start them. If you have your Bible, I'd like for you to turn with me uh, to uh, Isaiah 28. Our message is going to come from there, uh, and we're... Uh, just going to take a few minutes this morning. I'm not going to. I'm not going to preach very long. I just got a, a thought. I I was working on Isaiah 28, and I was intended to preach it uh, two weeks ago on Sunday night, which was the right before we left to go to Mississippi. Uh, but the Lord kept dealing with me with about something else, a different passage of Scripture uh, over in First John. And if you'll remember, that's where I preached from. So I continued looking at. Uh, Isaiah 28 to uh, looking over my notes. Preachers tend to do that. They look over them and over and over. And I was, as I was looking over my notes, uh, I, uh, I came up with something else that I wanted to, uh, I really felt the Lord was laying it on my heart. I wanted to bring it out, but it wasn't part of the, really part of the message that I'd already prepared. So this morning, you're just hearing sort of an addendum to the message uh, that we haven't even heard yet, but we'll hear it Lord willing, uh, in a week or two, uh, but right now, I just really want to center our attention on one specific thought. If I had a title to the message this morning, uh, the title would be Written in Stone, Written in Stone, and I would uh, 
like to read from uh, Isaiah 28, beginning in verse, in verse number 14. If you'd stand with us, please, in honor of the reading of the word of God. Isaiah 28, verse 14. Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, ye scornful men that rule this people which is in Jerusalem. Because ye have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with hell we are at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us. For we have made lies our refuge, and, un, uh, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters shall overflow the hiding place. I had originally intended to center our attention, and we'll probably do that, verse number 15, but, uh, but instead this morning I want us to center our attention on verse number 16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, he that believeth shall not make haste. Dear Lord, we pray you'd help us in the understanding of the word of God this morning. Speak to us through the pages of eternal truth. Lord, pierce through our hearts. Some hearts may be hardened today. Lord, I pray that you might deal with that hardened heart, Lord, so that it might, it might be crushed, it might be broken, it might be opened. Lord, some have hurting hearts today. Grief and difficulty and, uh, and hardship have weighted them down. Lord, their heart needs mending. Lord, I pray today you might mend that broken heart. There are some hearts today that are, uh, that are unsure, unsettled, not knowing which way to turn. Lord, I pray that you'd give guidance to those hearts. And then, Lord, some hearts are hungry for the word of God. Lord, I pray that you might teach us from your truth. Bring into our heart that that we need, and we'll be careful to give you the praise. For we make our prayer in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right, so let me try to do this as quickly as I can. Um, you know, in Exodus chapter 24 and verse 12, I want to read a verse of Scripture. So if you, if you want to turn there, you can. Exodus 24 and 12, we are going to come back to Isaiah in just a moment. But if you want to do that, you can while I'm sort of introducing it. Uh, but I, I want us to have this thought in our mind. So in Exodus 24, uh, this is what the Word of God says. And the Lord said unto Moses, Come up into the mount and be there. And I will, Now notice what he says here. And I will give thee tables of stone and a law and commandments which I have written that thou mayest teach them. Now, we know this to be the Ten Commandments. That's what we call it. But I want you to notice what he said. I'm going to write on tables of stone. Now, there's an interesting thing because when Moses comes down off the mountain and he sees what's happening, he's going to smash the, the tables of stone. Uh, and then he's going to go back up on the mountain and God's going to repeat it. Now, I've often wondered about that part of the story, uh, but I want you to get this, this clearly impressed upon your heart and your mind this morning that God gave us a law that was written in stone. And when the stone was broken into pieces, he wrote it again in stone. 
Now, a lot of people, you know, you, you, you've heard the phrase written in stone. We all hear it. Uh, and so, I, I've, as a matter of fact, I've heard it two or three times this last couple of weeks. I heard somebody say uh, when we were down in Georgia, well, this isn't written in stone, but, you know, but. And what they mean is, is that if it's written in stone, it's for sure. It's settled. It's going to happen. It has happened. It's for sure. You can count on it. It's written in stone. God gave us his commandments. And he did not write all of the Bible in stone, that's true. But he wrote that portion in stone that we call the Ten Commandments. And I believe it's representative of all of his word. God wants us to know that his word is not optional. His word is not up for reinterpretation. Or, you know, we're, we're going to change it around a little bit. He wrote it in stone. And God intends for you to live like his word is written in stone. Now listen, I understand none of us are perfect. We all sin. We have problems in our life. But we should not... Uh, and as I've been studying and preach, uh, teaching out of 1 John on Wednesdays, uh, we should not have a habitual lifestyle of sin. If you're sinning as a Christian, it ought to be something that is different from your regular life. You say, oh, but preacher, I sin every day. Yeah, but do you commit the same sin every day? Because if you're committing the same sin every day, then that then that is a habitual sin, or as Paul calls it, it's a besetting sin, and you need to get rid of that sin in your life. Amen? You need to get rid of that. It's something, that, it's something that's weighting you down. It's something that's keeping you from being the Christian that you ought to be. Now, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to do things we ought not to do. But it ought not to be a habitual, ongoing, ever-present part of our life that this sin keeps coming back and coming back. Every day we're having to deal with this. My friend, we should, we should remember as we're living for God that his word is written in stone. Now, what are some of the things that are written in stone? There are some things written in stone. For instance, if you go to, uh, if you go to Washington, D.C., uh, you'll see a lot of things written in stone. Uh, there's monuments everywhere. As a matter of fact, uh, the uh, Lincoln Memorial, the, the words are enshrined. They're written in stone. They're, they're supposed to be there forever. As in, and then you can go, and then you can go to the, uh, the wall. Everybody understands what I mean when I say the wall, right? All the names of those who died in the Vietnam War written on the wall. And I don't know how many times I've, uh, I've, I've seen uh, either... Uh, pictures of it, film of it, of someone going to the wall and being so moved when they find the name of the person that they're looking for written in stone. It means something when it's written in stone. Monuments and commemorative records are often written in stone. Grave stones written in stone. Yeah, think about that when you go when you go and see something on a gravestone. There's usually at least three things on the gravestone. There's the name, and then there's the date of birth, and then there's the date of death. That's what you're going to see when you see the gravestone: the name, the date of birth, 
and the date of death. Sometimes there'll be an epitaph and sometimes there won't. But those three things will almost inevitably be on the gravestone. Unless they put the gravestone there for somebody that hasn't died yet, and they're, you know, but they've already got it ready. Like a husband dies and the wife is still living. So when they put the gravestone on for the husband, they go ahead and put the wife's name and the date of her birth. The date of her death is not there because it hasn't come yet. But when the time comes, they plan to put it on there because it's unchangeable right? The date of your birth is not going to change. Yeah. I, I was born September the 2nd, 1956, and I can't change that. There's no way that I can make that any different. I can't be born a day earlier. I can't be born a day later. I, that's when I was born. It's, a, it's an unchangeable truth that that's the date that I was born on. And whenever my time comes to die and they'll put it on my gravestone, uh, then my de the date of my death will be unalterable. Amen? My, my death will, they won't be able to erase it and say, no, he, uh, he waited and died another time. No, no, once I'm gone, I'm gone. Uh, and I'll be on the other side. And let me tell you something, once I'm gone, I'm gone, and I'm not going to want to come back. Okay? I'm not going to want to come back. Now, I, I, I love my wife, I love my family, I love my church, I love, I, let me, I, there's just no way I could tell you how much I love these things in my life. I got a new great-grandson, I love that little thing to death, I just, I can't stand it, it's just, uh, and then I, I, I met uh, a grandniece that I have uh, that I'd never even seen before until I went on this trip uh, to Georgia, and she's got that... Um, yellow curly hair and she's running around all over the place and she's so full of life and man I just love my family and I, I and I love my church and I love all these things but let me tell you something once I've made the change to leave here and go to the next place I'm not wanting I'm not going to want to come back yeah I, I, I don't want to be a Lazarus I don't need to come back once I get over there I'll see Jimmy Williams I'll get Jimmy to tell me about the about the uh uh, the buckthorn uh, honeybees one more time. I love that story in his sermon. Those of you who remember that, he preached that sermon here about the buckthorn honeybees uh, and you wanted to get some of that buckthorn honey. I'm telling you, it was great. It was, it was really uh, amazing. I'll get him to tell me some of those other stories and then I'll get him to sing uh, for me, you know? Uh, and uh, I'm just a poor wayfaring stranger. We won't be poor, we won't be wayfaring, and we won't be strangers when we get to glory. But he can sing it to remind me of how the Lord was with us day by day. I'll see Keith Johnson, my great buddy and uh, best friend in the ministry for a while, who did so much work to establish a, a, an outreach ministry for us to do short-term missions. I'll get to see my dad, who was the greatest influence in all of my life. I'll get to see my mom who loved me and watched over me and I'll get to see my Savior who went to the cross of Calvary and he died for me. When I get to the other side, I don't want to be coming back. Instead, I'll wait for you. How about that? I'll wait for you and I'll look for you. When you get there, we'll rejoice together in the presence of Christ and the Father and the Holy Spirit all the holy angels. What a great and glorious time. Now that wasn't even part of the sermon, so you get that free. We just throw that in. But I, I want you to think about this. Gravestones are written in stone. And then building stones. Cornerstones. There's a cornerstone on this building. And if, if I'm wrong, it's Barry Henry's fault. But I believe our cornerstone has written on it the year 1953. 
when this church was established. That means something to me. Might not mean anything to you, but it means something to me. It means that in 1953, there were some men who were willing to sacrifice of their time and their treasure and perhaps even their reputation so that they could establish a gospel-preaching church right here where we are standing today. God gave us that. So a cornerstone, a, a foundation, a place to start from, a place to begin from. That's what it was all about in 1953 is the starting point. It's the beginning place. It's the first of many buildings to be built on this property. And here we are still resting on the cornerstone that was given to us so many years ago with a gospel preaching church and a house of God that's filled to capacity almost today because the work of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to continue until the day Jesus takes us home. Cornerstone. Now, it's interesting then that the Lord Jesus Christ is called a cornerstone. Now, notice what he says in Isaiah, back in Isaiah chapter number 28. Notice what he said in verse number 16. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. I want you to think about Jesus Christ is a special cornerstone. He is the, now let me, let me just give you a few thoughts, just real quick. He is first of all the cornerstone of all faith when it comes to Christianity. If, if you're a Christian, then you must, you must believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, in his saving grace, in his virgin birth, uh, in his sacrificial death on the cross of Calvary, in his burial and resurrection. You've got to believe. He is the cornerstone of our faith. What we believe is all wrapped up in the person and the work and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian because I believe in Christ. I'm saved because I believe in Jesus. I'm born again. He's the cornerstone of all of my faith. All my trust I place in Jesus. Amen? He's the cornerstone of our faith. But not only that, he's the cornerstone of, of truth. Notice what he says in this pa passage of Scripture. He says, I lay in Zion a foundation, a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure, a sure foundation. A sure foundation. If you want to know truth, you need to know the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember uh, uh, Pilate said, what is truth? Isn't it amazing how we can miss some of the most important things in all the world? He said, what is truth? And truth was sitting right in front of him, and he didn't even recognize. The truth of all the ages the truth of yesterday and today and forever was sitting there. The truth of creation, the truth of the power of God, the truth of the love of God to send his own son. There is truth sitting in front of him and he doesn't even recognize it. If you want to know truth, you've got to know Christ. For Christ is the cornerstone of truth. But not only is he the cornerstone of faith and the cornerstone of truth, but notice what else he says about Jesus, about this cornerstone. This is God describing his son. And he says a tried stone. And then he says this, a precious 
cornerstone. A precious cornerstone. I'm telling you, I heard the word precious a thousand times this past week. When them, when them little babies are held up in their arms, oh, they're so precious. What are they saying? I love this kid so much, I can't describe it. I love this child so much, I don't have the words to tell you how much I love this little baby, this little child, this little person that God has given to our family, given into our life. But I tell you that if you know Jesus Christ, he becomes precious in your life. You recognize that he is the cornerstone of love. You didn't know how to love your wife until you got saved. You didn't know how you, to love your husband until you consulted the scriptures. You didn't know how to love your children and raise them in a way that is pleasing to God until you came into contact with the cornerstone of love, the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to know true love, real love, don't look to the world. Don't look to Hollywood. Look to the cross and see Jesus dying for your sins. That is the cornerstone of love. One more. Unmovable cornerstone. The very first thing he says is, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone. Jesus Christ is unmovable in his faithfulness to you and I. He didn't break when he took the cat of nine tails, he was tried. And he came out faithful. He didn't break when he walked the Via Della Rosa. He was tried and he was found faithful every step of the way to the cross of Calvary. He was nailed to that cross, to that tree. And he was lifted up between heaven and earth. He was tried, but he didn't become unfaithful even as he was hanging on the cross of Calvary. When they thrust the spear in his side, he was still faithful. And what did he say before he died? He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ was tried and found faithful. He's a tried cornerstone. There is no one that you know, nor is there anyone you will ever meet, that is more faithful than Jesus Christ, our cornerstone. One last little thing and we'll be done. Over in the book of the Revelation, chapter number 2, verse number 17. Michael brought this out in a message some time ago. and A lot of people were stirred by it and so was I. Just because we know it's in the Bible doesn't mean we are catching hold of its truth. Just because we've read it from the book doesn't mean that the book has been applied to our heart. Notice what, what Jesus said in Revelation 2, 17. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden, of the hidden manna. And then he says this. And will give him a white stone, and in the stone a new name, which no man knoweth, saveth he that receiveth it. Let me tell you something. Not only is my name written in the Lamb's book of life, but my name's written in stone. 
It's a new name. It's a name that only Jesus knows at the moment. But one day he's going to give me that stone and he's going to say, this is who you are. Do you remember Jesus was real big on giving people different names than what their mom and dad gave them? Remember, he said to Simon, he said, you're no longer Simon. Now you're, now you're Peter. You're the rock. You're the stone. <laughs> well, he's got a stone for me too. And in that stone is my name. Let me tell you something. Just as sure as God's word is written in stone, if you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, your name's written in stone. Long before it'll ever be on a gravestone, long before it'll ever be etched in some monument somewhere, if you've trusted Jesus, he's given you a brand new name and he has written it in stone. Our cornerstone is making us a part of himself. And he's giving, you know what? I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if when Jesus gives you that stone, he said, yes, I'm the cornerstone. Here's a little piece of it just for you. Tried, precious cornerstone. Jesus has taken the name of those who trust him and he's written their name. Is your name written in stone this morning? No, I'm not talking about your name on a gravestone somewhere that's waiting for you. No, I'm not talking about a monument or a memorial or a commemorative word. I'm talking about has Jesus written your name up in heaven in the Lamb's book of life? on a stone, a white stone that's just for you. Nobody else gets this stone, just you. Nobody else has this name, just you. Jesus wants your name written in stone. If you've never trusted Jesus, if you've never been saved, if, you, if you're not sure that you're part of the family of God, you ought to get saved this morning. You ought not to wait. You ought not to put it off. You ought not to do it some other day. You ought not to even wait till you get home and do it this afternoon. You ought to walk down the aisle this morning. Trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Then he'll write your name down and it'll never be erased. Never. Dear Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to bring the message this morning. Speak to us from the pages of truth. Touch our heart with the reality of your love and your grace. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand together. What shall we do? deep the Father's love for us How best beyond all measure That he would give his own Son, to make a wretch's treasure. How great the pain of searing loss. The Father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen. Bring many sons to glory.